Good day, all. Welcome to another season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamla D. Here to teach you Bible truth, to help you grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace by teaching Bible truth, not my truth, Bible truth. Here we read scriptures that contain God's word. Remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. Today is July the 15th of the year 2023. I am the host, founder, and teacher of Learning Bible Truth Ministries, your one and only, Dr. Kamala D. Now, let me open by saying Learning Bible Truth is a ministry that corrects, admonishes, and teaches biblical truth, Bible truth. When you claim to be teaching from the Bible and mislead millions of people, I will research what you are teaching and confirm through scripture whether you are teaching the truth. Now, I am not against people or any organization. I am against what they are teaching as it relates to the Bible. Now, if you don't want to be exposed, stay out of the Bible. Now, I am starting a series about what denominations and or religion teaches as it relates to the Bible. Unfortunately, some denominations and religions are going to be exposed for distorting the Bible during this series. Now, I offer no apologies. I will be reading a lot of scripture to support what I am disproving. Now, up first, I will be disproving the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, if you don't want to hear the truth, you can turn me off right now. Now, if you want to know what the Bible says as it relates to what your religion is teaching, get your Bible and let's get this truth on the road. Now, we are going to be reading a lot of scripture. Now, the name of this episode, it is episode one of a series. I don't know how long it's going to last because I will be disproving a lot of religion and what a lot of denominations teach from the pulpit and claim they are teaching Bible truth. No, they're not. Episode one is, are the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses biblical? Now, Jehovah's Witnesses claim to regard the Bible as the absolute word of God and to base all their beliefs on it. In fact, the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses are contrary to the Bible. Now, Jehovah's Witnesses use a doctored version of the Bible called the New World Translation. New World Translation. The Jehovah's Witness leaders who produced the New World Translation were not biblical scholars. You guys need to hear me now. 
they were not and are not biblical scholars. And it definitely shows. Now, I have their Bible, and it is not in line with the original Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic scriptures. It is not in line with it. Now, the most obvious difference between New World Translation and other Bibles is its use of Jehovah. Now, in the New Testament, Jehovah's Witnesses claim that the New Testament originally used the Hebrew name Yahweh, translated Jehovah or, or, or Yahweh, and that apostate scribes put Lord, which is Greek for Kyrios, in its place. Now, I want you to hear me and hear me good. Hear me clearly now. There is no historical manuscript evidence for this claim. In reference to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Jehovah's Witnesses teach that the Father alone is Jehovah, the Almighty God, and that the Son, Jesus Christ, is a God. Now, their translation of John chapter 1, verse 1, and they teach that Jesus, the Son, is inferior to the Father, and that the Holy Spirit is an impersonal force emanating from God. My Lord, my Lord. Now, the Bible, on the other hand, teaches that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are each God. It teaches, and I'm talking about the Bible, that the Father, Son, and Holy, Holy Spirit are all three God. That's why they are known as the Trinity. So let's look at scripture to support what I am saying and disprove what Jehovah's Witnesses teach. Now, go to John chapter 1. We are going to review John chapter 1 in verse 1. I will be teaching from the New King James Version today. Now, th this is one of the most accurate translations of the original scriptures, the New King James. Not the only one. At the end of this episode, I will give you the top 10 Bibles that you should be reading from that are very accurate and closest to the original scriptures. Now, John chapter one says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Now, John 1 14 says this, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. The original scriptures are clear. The Bible says Jesus is not a God. Jehovah's Witnesses put a in the New World Translation. Their founders, they put a God with a little g in their Bible. And that's a dangerous thing to do. It says... God in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And pay close atten attention to John 1.14. It says, and the word became flesh. Now, what does that tell you? Now, if the word was God and the word became flesh, they are one and the same. Now, Jesus was not a God. He was God in the flesh. 
Now, this is what happens when you try to understand scripture with your carnal mind. You can't conceive that God, the creator of the entire universe, can appear in human form and dwell among the people. You can't conceive it, so you don't believe it, you won't receive it, and you change what the Bible says so that it can fit your understanding. That's a dangerous thing, and that is what the founders of the Jehovah's Witnesses has done. Now, John chapter 17, verse 3 says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now, eternal life is knowing the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom God has sent. So you can't know Jesus by downplaying who he is. You can't know God by downplaying who Jesus is. Now, John chapter 20, verses 28 and 29 says, And Thomas answered and said to him, talking to Jesus, My Lord and my God, my Lord and my God, with a big G, capital G. Thomas didn't say my Lord and a God. He says, my Lord and my God. Verse 29 says, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, Thomas knew Jesus had been crucified. He didn't believe that he had risen from the grave until he saw Jesus for himself. Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe because the founders of the Jehovah's Witnesses religion have never seen Jesus. He, they never seen him in the flesh. They don't believe and therefore they distorted the original text to fit what they want the scriptures to say. And once again, that is a dangerous thing to do. Acts chapter five, verses three and four says this, but Peter says, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to, to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? Verse four says, while it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Now, I want you to go back to uh, Acts 5, 3. Ananias has, uh, why have Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Okay, now look at verse 4, the latter part of verse 4. Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. You see the comparison to the Holy Spirit and God? They are the same. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God are one and the same. Now, Acts 5, 3, 4 confirms that the Holy Spirit is God as well. I want y'all to keep that in mind. One of the Trinity. They just have different functions. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Verse 18 but we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, 
just as by the spirit of the Lord. Now, the Holy Spirit is God himself, just like the son, Jesus. We are being transformed into the image of Christ, which is the image of God. Now, Titus chapter two, verses 13 and 14 says, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and savior, Jesus Christ. Of our great God and savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 14 says, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Now, we were created to do good works, not to do good works to be saved. And the Jehovah's Witnesses religion teaches that you must work to be saved. Now, the Bible teaches contrary to what they teach, but they claim to hold the Bible in high esteem. So they are not in line with the Bible saints. Let's look at Hebrews chapter one, verses 10 and 12. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. Verse 11, they will perish, but you remain and they will all grow old like a garment. Verse 12, like a cloak, you will fold them up and they will be changed. But you are the same and your years and your years will not fail. Now the son made everything and is to be honored as God. Let's look at that because as I read through these scriptures, I want you to rem remember what I told you the Jehovah's Witnesses teach that Jehovah is God alone and the son is just merely a God with a little G. That's not true. So keep in mind as I read these scriptures. So um, the son made everything and is to be honored as God. Let's look at John uh, chapter five, verses 22 and 23. It says, for the father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the son. Now, remember, God is judge and judge alone, but has committed all judgment to the son. Verse 23 says that all should honor the son just as they honor the father. That's because they are one now. He who does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. If you do not honor God or if you do not honor Jesus, you do not honor God who sent Jesus. Now, let's look at Hebrews 1 and 6. Hebrews 1 and 6 says, but when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. All the angels of God worship him. Now, the Bible says everything was made by Jesus. All the angels of God worship Jesus. All should honor the son just as they honor the father. If you don't honor Jesus, you don't honor God, the creator of all. Now let's look at, um, verse 23 again. Now the son is the judge of all things. The father doesn't judge no one. Jesus is the judge. This is very important. Uh, saints, that's why I want to be very repetitive here. So if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, what group of people will you be in line with at the judgment seat of Christ? Now, let me make this clear. Those who will be, I have to make a distinction. Those who will be at the judgment seat of Christ are Christians only, and you're not going to be condemned there. You just will be uh, judged uh, 
according to your works, whether they were sincere or not. And this is where you get your rewards. Or will you be at the great white throne judgment? Now, the great white throne judgment is where you find out why you are going into the lake of fire and brimstone. So which judgment seat do you want to be at? The judgment seat of Christ. That is those who has accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. Or the great white throne judgment. This is everybody outside of Christ. And this is where you will be told why you are going into the lake of, of fire and brimstone. Now you will be judged on whether you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. I have to keep telling you this because let me tell you, we are living in the end times and my mission now moving forward is to get people on track and get people saved. That's my mission. And it's up to you whether or not you want to be saved and believe that the works of Christ, the works that he did on that cross is enough for your salvation. That's my mission. Now let's look at Revelation chapter five, verse 13. Revelation five thirteen says, and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them. I heard saying blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Now we know the lamb of God is Jesus. The Holy Spirit is a person. So let's look at the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person called the comforter or the helper. Now, this is the Greek word. The Holy Spirit is the Greek word parakletos. It is parakletos. He teaches, he speaks, and he bears witness to who Jesus is. Now, John 14 verses 16 through 18 says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you. Jesus is talking about himself for he dwells with you right now and will be in you when he is sent Verse 18 says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now, the Holy Spirit will only come and abide with those who are born again. That is those who, it's, who has accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And Jehovah's Witnesses have not accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. Therefore, the spirit of truth is not their helper today. It is not their teacher and it is not their comforter. Also notice that Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you in the form of the Holy Spirit is what Jesus is talking about. Remember God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, chapter 14, verse 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Chapter 15 verses 26 and 27 says, But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. 
And verse 27 says, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. You will bear witness what? Who Jesus is, that he is the father, son, and Holy Spirit. Chapter 16 verses 13 through 15 says, and y'all have to remember, I am still in John. Um, in case, I don't want y'all to get confused. I'm still in John. So un until I change uh, the book of John, as I call out these chapters and verses, I'm in uh, John. Okay. So John chapter um, 16 verses 13 through 15 says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, talking about the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Verse 14 says, he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Verse 15 says, all things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Now, the Holy Spirit comes directly from God and is the force that will reveal to you who Jesus is, period. So how are Jehovah's Witnesses missing all these scriptures? How, how, how? That God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are the same, and that Jesus was not a God. He is the God, the creator of all the earth, the creator of the universe, the creator of all things. And the Bible in Hebrews also says that he sustains everything. The universe how it's sustaining. That's Jesus and Jesus alone. Now, when it comes to death, the soul and eternal punishment, according to Jehovah's Witnesses, when unsaved human beings die, they cease to exist. This is what they teach y'all. They cease to exist. There is no intermediate state of death or no intermediate state of the dead and no eternal punishment for the wicked who they believe are annihilated instead. Now the Bible on the other hand teaches that human beings exist after their death as spirits awaiting the resurrection and final judgment and they are not in purgatory here. So don't let that confuse you what I just said and I'll teach on the subject of purgatory next time. Okay. So I want you to go to Luke chapter 16. And while you're looking for chapter 16 in Luke, let me share. We are getting ready to talk about how there is life after death, but the, the Jehovah's witnesses teach that, that people who die, they just, their lives just cease to exist. And there is no eternal punishment for the dead, for the wicked. That's what they teach. Contrary to the Bible. Luke chapter 16 and y'all know the um, routine. You can pause the tape and find Luke 16. I will be reading verses 19 through 31. I told you guys, I will be reading a lot of scripture because this ain't me talking. This is the Bible talking. And when you find it, press play. We will be on the same page. So I am reading beginning at verse 19. There was a certain rich man and this is Jesus talking who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Verse 20, but there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, 
Verse 21, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Verse 22, all the way to verse 27, I will be reading. So it was that the, it, so it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom, which was a form of paradise at that time because Jesus had not yet created heaven. Remember, he had to die. He rose from the dead. And then as he met with his apostles and seen by over 500 people, talked to them and everything, he ascended on high. That's when he went forth to create heaven. Okay. So um, verse 22 says it was that it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Verse 23 says, and being in torment in Hades, which is hell in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. I thought, that you just cease to exist when you die. That's what the Jehovah's Witnesses said. And Jesus is giving a prime example of what is going to happen to those who don't believe in him, who don't believe that he is Lord and Savior. Okay, let's, let's read verse 22 again before I move forward. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments... In Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Lazarus was being comforted. Lazarus was saved. Verse 24 says, then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because he was on fire burning in hell. Okay. For I am tormented in this flame. What? He was tormented in the flame. I thought his life just ceased and there was no eternal punishment for, for those who are not saved. Okay. Verse 25 says, but Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime, you receive your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. And this has nothing to do with rich people going to hell and poor people going to heaven. This has nothing to do with that. Jesus is using this as an example. Okay. This has nothing to do with the rich and the poor. Um, verse 26. And besides all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from their pass to us. Verse 27 says, then he said, I beg you therefore, father, that you would send him to my father's house. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the rich man. Talking about, please send someone to my father's house. Send Lazarus to my father's house. That is, Lazarus dead now. To my father's house. And warn my brothers so that they don't have to come to where I am. But let me keep reading. Let me keep reading. Okay. Uh, verse 28 says, for I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Verse 29, Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets and Dr. Kamala D. Let me slip myself in there. Let them hear him. 
Let them hear them. Okay, verse 30 says, I'm going to read verse 30 and 31. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets and Dr. Kamala D and Fred Price, neither will they be persuaded, though one rises from the dead. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. We have several revelations here in the scriptures that I just read. Number one. You can't come back from the dead and tell no one about Jesus. Okay. So anybody claiming they didn't see their loved one who passed and all that. No, that's a dream. It's a difference between a dream and somebody coming back from the dead and talk to you. Jesus said there's a great gulf fix. That means there is a barrier there that's in place to prevent any spirit from coming to you from hell to tell you not to come here. Okay. We have to accept and believe in and accept Christ right now, today, while we are still living, you can't come back from the dead and get saved. Okay. I want that to sink in. You can't come back from the dead and sink in. Now, number two, the revelation here, there is a place called hell. There are people in hell burning right now and they can feel the heat. You don't cease to exist. With no eternal punishment. That's a lie. Jehovah's Witnesses are not in line with the Bible like they claim they are. They are in line with the Antichrist. And uh, Jesus, who is God, never came to earth in the flesh. That is who they are in line with, the Antichrist. The Antichrist believed that Jesus never came to earth in the flesh. So the Bible said that he did. So will you believe Jesus or Jehovah's Witnesses? Jesus said, you must be born again. Jesus said, there is a hell. Jesus said, there is a, a, a heaven, a place where you will be comforted. Those who believe on him. Remember, Jesus said, they're not going to believe if they didn't believe Moses and the prophets. They're not going to believe somebody who come back from the dead and, and tell them about hell. They're not going to believe them. So. Let, let me tell y'all, you have to get it right now. You have to get it right today. Listening to Jehovah's Witnesses. And I'm not attacking people. I'm attacking the teachings. The teachings of the Jehovah's Witnesses religion is not in line with the Bible like they claim it is. And remember, the, the founders of Jehovah's Witnesses are not Bible scholars, never were. And they sure enough not born again, so they don't understand. They have changed the original scriptures to fit what they wanted to say. And that is dangerous. That is a dangerous thing to do. So who will you believe Jesus or Jehovah's witnesses? I believe Jesus. Now go to Luke chapter 23 and I'm going to read verse 43. It says, and Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus was talking to the thief who was being put to death next to him on the cross. The thief accepted Christ while he was on the cross about to be crucified. So how was this man going to cease to exist if he was going to be with Jesus in paradise after he was put to death? Jesus was going to take the man's spirit with him. Uh-huh. He believed on Jesus. Next to him, getting ready to die with Jesus. 
Okay, now go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to read verse 8. And it says, we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body, talking about the spirit, when it leaves the body, when you pass away, and to be present with the Lord. Now, there is no misunderstanding these scriptures. Either you will be in heaven or paradise or hell or Hades. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You do not cease to exist. Okay, so choosing to believe something different does not get you off the hook. See, there's this age old thing out here. Oh, you can believe what you want. I mean, religion is religion. God, man, I'm telling you, God didn't create all these religions. Man did. You have to have a source to go to. Doctors uses a physician's desk reference, even though they graduated from medical school. If they need to be updated on some things that they may have forgotten, they go to the, the um, physician's desk reference and read about it. So if we want to know about the things of God, where do we go? We go to this Bible. You don't go to everything that's written out there, written by all these different men. You go to the Bible and that's your source of truth. That's where you get truth from. So I want you to, to understand this. Choosing to believe something different does not get you off the hook. Now, where you go after you die is based on what you believe about Jesus, period. There is nothing else. He is the only savior. Hebrews 12 verse 9 says, furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect, talking about our earthly physical fathers. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? To the father of spirits and live. Okay, Hebrews 12 verse 23 says, To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, that's the church of Jesus Christ, who are registered in heaven, who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all. And we already read that Jesus is the judge and is telling you right here to God, the judge of all. Jesus is the judge of all. So we know that Jesus is God. To the spirits of just, of just men, that's men who are justified in Christ, made perfect. Now this verse is talking about believers who passed away and were declared righteous by believing in Christ. My Lord, my Lord. Let's look at Revelation. Chapter six, go to Revelations chapter, not, I'm sorry, not Revelations. It has no S on the end. It is Revelation chapter six, verses nine through 11. And it says, and I'm just going to read straight through. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar, the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. That is the testimony of Jesus, that he is the son of God. He is God in the flesh and he is savior. Okay. And they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren, who would be killed as they were, was completed. 
Now, a lot of this has to do uh, with the thousand year reign too. That's a whole nother teaching. But these people had already died and they wanted God to avenge their deaths. Now, they, they were spirits, but how can you put a, a robe and then a colored robe, a white robe on a spirit if they didn't have a physical body with it? Uh, I, I want y'all to think about this. This may be heavy for some of you guys, but if you're born again, it, 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 it's perfectly clear to you, just like it's perfectly clear to me. So I'm telling you, there is life after death. Okay, now... New World Translation mistranslates Luke 23:43 and the original Hebrew text to avoid this implication. Now the wicked will suffer eternal punishment. That is clear. But the Jehovah's Witnesses New World Translation says that there is no no eternal punishment. So Matthew 25:46 Revelations 14, 9 through 11 and Revelation 20 and 20 and 10. Jesus's resurrection and return is what it talks about. So the Jehovah's Witnesses distorts the truth written in the Bible. OK, the bottom line, they can't understand the Bible like most people that they don't understand the Bible. So they they resort to the wisdom of man. They change the scriptures to fit their understanding and what makes sense to them. Jehovah's Witnesses believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. Check this out. This is what they teach. This is what they believe. That he raised Jesus from the dead as an angelic spirit with a so-called spirit body. They deny that he will return visibly and personally to earth. This is what they deny. I've done my research. This is what they are teaching. First, let's not misunderstand this. Luke 23, 43, Matthew 25, 46, Revelation 14, 9, 11, and Revelation 20 and 10. This talks about eternal punishment for those who are outside of Christ here. Write those scriptures down. Go and, and research and read them for yourselves. I am reading a lot of scripture already. So it's some that I, I chose to just give you the scripture so that you can go and read, study to show yourself approved. Stay away from the New World Translation here. It is a distorted description of the Bible. Okay. So um, let's look at. Um, we're going to look at scripture that teaches that Jesus rose with the same physical body with which he died now though glorified and immortal and that his body possessed flesh and bones hands and feet and even marks of his crucifixion so go to john chapter 2 john chapter 2 and i will be reading verses 19 through 22 and it says jesus answered and said to them destroy this temple and in three days i will raise it up then the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you will raise it up in three days. Now, now I, I, I hate to stop right here. Let me digress just a little, just right here. And this, uh, the Holy Spirit speaking to me about this. Now, they didn't understand what Jesus said, just like the Jehovah's Witnesses don't today. Jesus was talking about his own body. He wasn't talking about that temple built with, with the hands of men. 
He wasn't talking about that. Now let, let's resume verse 21 and 22 says, but he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said, and they believe the scripture. Now these scriptures about Jesus hadn't been written yet. So what scriptures did the disciples believe? They believed the scriptures of the prophets who talked about Jesus being raised from the dead, the Messiah, the Christ being raised from the dead. That's the scriptures that, that they believed. Uh, the latter part of, of verse 22 in John two, it says, therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them and they believe the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Now let's look at John chapter 10 verses 17 and 18. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I might, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down from my, for myself because man can't kill God. God struck the final blow to his son to die on that cross. Man can't kill God. Okay. So uh, I want you to understand what Jesus is saying here. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life because I lay down my life that I may take it again, that he may take it up again. Okay. In verse eight, 18, no one takes it from me, takes what his life from him, but I lay it down for myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. This command I have received from my father. My Lord, my Lord. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. Bless the name of the Lord. Okay, verses 20. Oh, uh, no, ch chapter 20 and verse 20 says, When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. He showed them his hand and his side. Did you, Jehovah's Witnesses said Jesus didn't raise in, in his body. That's what they said. See, they can't understand it because they ain't born again. They, they can't see this. Jesus took, he laid his body down and he took his body up. They, they can't see that Jesus raised in his full body. They said it was a spirit. Okay. Now I'm, I'm, I'm dispelling the teachings of the Jehovah's Witnesses now. Acts chapter two, verses 23 through 32. And I am reading, this is a lot of scripture, y'all. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. That who? Jesus could not be held by death. That's what this is talking about, the latter part of, 30, um, of verse 24 in Acts 2. Because it was not possible that he should be held by it, by it what? Death. Verse 25, for David says concerning him, concerning the Messiah, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. David said his flesh will rest in hope because he had hope in the resurrection. Those who die in Christ, believing on the Lord Jesus, will resurrect in the flesh, not in just spirit. Okay, verse 27. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, 
nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. This is the, uh, David, King David, who was also a prophet. Okay. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Verse 29 and 30, and I'm going um, to read through um, 29 and 31, okay? So I won't have to keep stopping giving you the number of the scripture. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried. Let them know he wasn't no God. He wasn't even a God. He is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, because David was a prophet as well, he didn't start off as a prophet. He started off as king, but God made him a prophet by speaking to him and inspiring him to create scriptures about the future. That's what prophets do. And knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. And David believed that back then and never saw the Christ. Never saw it. David's body and his sepulcher is still in the ground right now. Oh my God. Verse 31. I'm sorry. Let me go ahead on and, and say, um, let me read verse 31 and 32. Those are the last two. He foreseeing this spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ. That his soul was not left in Hades. It was not left in hell, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus, God has been raised up. Did you, did you catch it? This Jesus, God has been raised up of which we are all witnesses. I thought Jehovah's witnesses were witnesses. So if they are witnesses, why they are not witnesses to Jesus and speaking on behalf of Jesus. Now, though he is the second person of the Godhead, Jesus is also a glorified man. Now write down these scriptures and read them. Acts 1731. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 47. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. And he will return personally and bodily to earth. Jehovah's Witnesses said he ain't returning. Not in that in, in the body. He is returning in the glorified body he had when he was resurrected. Read Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. Read Acts chapter three, verses 19, um, verses 19 through 21. Read first Thessalonians four sixteen. read Hebrews nine twenty six through 28. All these scriptures in this Bible. And they saying Jesus is a God and that he did not raise with in his physical body. He was raised with a spirit. He had a spirit. That's not true. But they claim that they hold the Bible to high esteem and they teach from the Bible. No, they're not. They teach from a distorted version that they created in their Bible. Now, when it comes to salvation, Jehovah's Witnesses view Jesus's death as providing a, a corresponding ransom, releasing all people in principle from the, from the condemnation due to Adam's sin. Now, this is what they believe. This is what they teach. I've done my research. Okay. Let me say this again. Jehovah's witnesses view Jesus's death as providing a corresponding ransom. It's a ransom now, not a debt being paid, but a ransom releasing all people in principle 
from the condemnation due to Adam's sin. My Lord, my Lord. Now, but according to them, to enjoy everlasting life, Jehovah's Witnesses believe they must not only accept Christ's ransom, not his works on the cross, his ransom, but also prove themselves worthy by their works. This is what they teach. Oh, I couldn't wait to get to this section. So many scriptures that contradict this. Why are they skipping all these scriptures? That's, that's what I want to know. But the Bible's teaching is quite different. Christians are saved by grace. That's by God's grace and his grace alone through faith in Christ alone. And our good works are the fruit of salvation, not the prerequisite for our salvation. Did y'all understand that? Go to Romans chapter three. I will be reading verses 20 through 28 and you cannot. It, now for you to misunderstand these scriptures, you have to be deaf, dumb or retarded. And I am by no means picking on the deaf, the dumb and retarded because I have deaf in my family. I have people who are mentally challenged in my family. And I look, I am not picking on them, but you got to remember, they don't understand like we do. That's why I mentioned them. They don't understand. So you would have to be that to, to not understand what I'm about to read. Romans 3 verses 20 through 28. And I am reading, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The laws of Moses reveals to us what we are doing wrong in the sight of God. That's what it does. You ain't saved by it now. You cannot be justified by the law. Okay. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, that's the works of the law. No flesh will be justified. Okay. Verse 21. And I'm gonna keep reading until I mention another, uh, number of scripture that I'm reading from, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe for there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus verse 25. So, so you can know we in the same spot whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, meaning his patience, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time, his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. You can't get around this Jesus thing. We can't get around Jesus y'all. It's Jesus or nobody. It is Jesus or nobody. Verse 27 and 28 says, where it, where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. So boasting is excluded by what law? The, the laws of Moses of works because it required works, but the law of faith excludes the boasting 
of the law. Did you catch it? The law of faith. So if you're going to boast in something, boast in your faith in Christ, not your good deeds, not you trying to keep any law. It's good to keep the law because it'll keep you, you know, from failing while on earth. It'll keep you out of trouble on earth. But it's your faith that's going to get you in heaven. It is your faith that is going to reconcile you to God. It is your faith in Christ that reconciles you to God. Verse, verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Apart from the works of the law, a man is justified. Apart from it. Let me read 28 again. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified, declared righteous in the sight of God, by faith apart from the deeds of the law. But the Jehovah's Witnesses teach their people they got to work to be saved. You got to work to be saved. Now I ask you again, who are you going to believe? The apostles of the Lord Jesus? Jesus himself? Or the distorted teachings of the Jehovah's Witnesses? Hmm? The teachings of the Jehovah's Witnesses. I have nothing against the people because they're being deceived. They are human beings that can turn this thing around by believing truth. I have, look, I have nothing but love for them. My hope is that they be saved, is that they come to the knowledge of the truth. That is what my hope is. Now go to Romans chapter five, and I'm going to read verses one through 11. Therefore, having been justified by faith, therefore, having been justified by faith, one more time, therefore, having been justified by faith, not works, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance. It produces patience. And perseverance, character, and character produces hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us, those who are saved, those who have been reconciled to God, those who are born again should have that Holy Spirit in their hearts right here and wonder why. I can't get upset over certain things most people will go on a shooting rampage for, but I have peace in my heart for it. That's because I have the Holy Spirit residing here. How is it that I can understand things that are clear in my face, clear to my ears, and most people can't? Because I have the Holy Spirit, which is also the teacher, the spirit of truth resided in me. Those who don't understand these scriptures don't have that Holy Spirit there. Become born again and you will be able to see it. Your eyes will open up to God's truth, Bible truth, and who Jesus really is. My Lord. Verse 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. My Lord. We don't get right with God to be saved. After we are saved, God will help make us right. Do you understand that, saints? You cannot do works to be right with God or be declared right in the sight of God. I want to say this, and this is directly from my heart. After we are saved, God will help make us right. We don't get right with God to be saved. 
Verse 7, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. God did not send Christ here, his son. He didn't come down here in the flesh, put on flesh so that he can identify with man to die for a righteous man. That is what this is talking about. Uh-uh. He came to die for sinners. So you don't have to get right with God to be saved. Christ came to die for you for all these unsaved people. Okay. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So you don't have to be saved first and then Christ come die for you. No, he's not dying for the righteous. He's dying for the unrighteous. Verse nine, much more than having now been justified by his blood, whose blood, the blood of Jesus, we shall be saved from the wrath through him, the wrath that's coming. Judgment day. We will be saved. Everyone in Christ will be saved from the wrath of judgment by the blood of Jesus. Mm, my Lord. Verse 10 and 11 says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through 10 says, for, for by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God because that's what grace is. God's unmerited favor, God's unearned favor. So God saved us not because of something we have done, but because what Jesus did on the cross. Now, something has to be wrong with you to misunderstand this. Is this in the New World Translation? Ephesians 2, 8 and 10. Uh-huh. You can't misunderstand this. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Verse 9 and 10 says, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So you can't boast about how good you are and you don't do this and you don't do that. Honey, it ain't about you. It's about God's grace. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, not be saved by our works. But after salvation, we should walk in good works. Okay, Titus. Chapter three, verses four and eight says, well, verses four through eight says, but when the kindness and the love of God, our savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. That's the born again rebirth whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying. And these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. We are to maintain good works after salvation. We are not saved by works. So I, I, I just dispel the teachings of the Jehovah's Witnesses. And my final comments, all these scriptures in the Holy Bible, some require you to be born again to understand and some are plain and simple to comprehend. I have proven to you through scripture 
who Jesus is and whom he isn't. I have also proven to you that Jesus was God in the flesh. And I only pulled a fraction of scripture to show you. Many more scriptures are in here. I showed you scripture that proves that when you die, your spirit either goes to heaven or hell. For Christians to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. For those who are outside of Christ, let me tell you something. You do not cease to exist. You go to hell. Period. So stay away from the New World Translation. It is not an accurate translation of the Holy Scriptures, no matter what they told you. I have it. I've read it. And it is not an accurate translation from the original scriptures. It has been changed and distorted from the truth in the original scriptures. The Bible is clear. And it says in Revelation 22, 18, uh, 19, that the canon of scripture is closed and we can't add to the scriptures or take away from it. Now, I'm going to list 10 of some of the most accurate translations of the Bible that I have and that I have studied and compared to the original writings. And you, if you don't have them already, you can purchase them so that you won't be deceived. They are accurate translations as close as you can get. The reason why none of the translations are verbatim, unless you know how to fluently read Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, is because some of the words in Hebrew, in Greek, and Aramaic can't be translated into English. That's why. But these are some of the closest that you will ever get. Number one, the King James Version of the Bible. The original King James Version of the Bible. The new King James Version of the Bible. The NIV, which is the new international version. The NASB, which is the new American Standard Bible. The LSB, which is one of my favorites, is the Legacy Standard Bible. I highly recommend this one. It's called the LSB, Legacy Standard Bible. The ESV, the English Standard Version of the Bible. And the CSB, which is the Christian Standard Bible. The Amplified Bible. Um, the Young's Literal Translation. And number 10, I highly recommend this one. The Jubilee Bible. I highly recommend the, this one. These 10 versions of the Bible are good translations. Some are, are the most closest to the original writings as you can get. The ones I say, I'm sorry, um, I'm burping. Forgive me. <laughs> Excuse me. They are as close to the original scriptures as you can get. I hope I didn't offend anyone, but I do not apologize for that. I just want you to learn Bible truth so that you can make a decision based on truth. You can choose to follow whatever you want, but you need to know what they are teaching is contrary to what they claim they are teaching from the Bible. I just proved that. And um, in episode two, which will be in two weeks, we are going to delve into Catholicism and what they teach and where they are getting it from and how what they are teaching is contrary to the Bible. Yes, I'm going there saying somebody got to do it. Somebody has to do it and I'm willing to do it um, in love. So until next time, walk in love, choose Jesus, wear your cross, baby, take the criticism. To God be all the glory. Peace out. I hope you were blessed by this message. 
If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode or any previous episodes, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because it has been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Or you can send your seed to me via Cash App, dollar sign, Dr. Kamala D. That's dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r, capital C, lowercase a-m-a-l-e, capital D. Anything you choose to send will be greatly appreciated. Now until next time, saints, remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D. Rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.